Delivering great-tasting product to your customers is important. Saving energy, space, and improving operational efficiencies is good for your bottom line. A perfect choice for convenience retailers, Adande Refrigeration's patented modular units deliver so many efficiencies, it's no wonder brands such as Sheets and Get-Go are installing these temperature-stable, hold-the-cold fridges across their U.S. food courts. When it comes to refrigeration, convenience is at the very heart of Adande Refrigeration. Learn how you can excel in food service, save time, space, and energy with Adande Refrigeration at adande.co.uk or adande.com. Professionals in the know, choose Adande. You're listening to Shop Talk Live, the podcast, brought to you by Global Convenience Store Focus. Shop Talk Live is a unique video and podcast series featuring senior retail executives in the global convenience, fuels, and mobility retail industry, hosted by Dan Munford and Carolyn Schneer. Welcome to Shop Talk Live, the podcast. In this episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing Robert Hampton, Vice President of Technology Services and Innovation at Jackson's Food Stores in the U.S., Along with my co-host, Vision Group Network co-founder Roy Strasberger, we talked about technology strategy and implementation at Jackson's. Jackson's Food Stores, headquartered in Idaho, was founded in 1975 as a single-service gas station and has grown to be a nationally recognized chain of over 230 convenience stores in six western U.S. states. They also own and operate Jackson Energy and Capital Distributing. With a wide geographic distribution of stores, Robert's team has a lot to keep on top of. In this episode, we discussed the complex nature of technology as both an operational necessity and for efficiency. I encourage you to watch the full Shop Talk Live video interview in episode number 57 at our website, globalconvenienstorefocus.co.uk. Welcome to Shop Talk Live. I'm happy to have back with me today my co host, Roy Strasberger, founder of the Vision Group. Hey, Roy. Hi, Carolyn. Great to be here. Thanks for having me back. So I'm really excited to have with you with me today for today's episode, where we're going to be talking with a leading retailer hailing from Idaho, which is in the Western United States. And we're going to hear all about the company and their technology strategy. So I would like to introduce Robert Hampton, who is the Vice President of Technology Services and Innovation for Jackson Food Stores. Hey, Robert. Hi, thank you. If we don't mind it, would you be happy to tell us all about Jackson's? Now, I know you have a, a rather large operation with many different businesses out in Idaho and, and around in the region. So um, without further ado, tell us a little bit about Jackson's. Sure. So um, Jackson's Food Stores were uh, a vertically integrated business. Um, we were founded in 1975. We're based here in Boise, Idaho. Um, we're one of the top five privately held companies in Idaho, have about uh, 5,000 employees, and um, revenue exceeding $4 billion. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about each of the companies you see here. Um, so uh, first off would be Jackson Food Stores. That's our, um, that's our operation. We have about 300 locations in seven Western states. We're branded Shell and Chevron, and we're, um, we've grown primarily through acquisition, but we've also um, had a lot of new, new to industry stores or NTIs as they're called. Um, and we're recognized as an innovator in the retail convenience industry. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Jackson Energy. So this is our fuel distribution company. And so we su support about 1,300 locations. About 300 of those are our own stores. And then we've got a number of lessee dealers, multi-site operators, and commission dealers. And you can see there on the map, those are all the locations that we, we serve in the Western United States. 
And last year we distributed almost 1.1 billion gallons of fuel. Um, and you can see the breakdown in, in wholesale and retail and also uh, the brands that we support. Uh, with Jackson Energy, we have Jackson Energy Logistics. Um, we have 93 transports with 185 drivers on staff. Uh, we pull fuel from about 58 different uh, loading terminals. Um, and we drove almost 11 million miles in, in uh, 2022. Also another part of our business uh, that's not well known is we have what's called the Jackson Jet Center. And this <clears> is, uh, <throat> we have two private terminals um, in one here in Boise and the other one's down in Phoenix at the Sky Harbor Airport. Uh, we own and operate uh, a number of jet and turboprop aircraft. Uh, we have charter service with in-house pilots we do de-icing, refueling, ground service here in Boise. Um, and interestingly, we have a parts warehouse, which we opened a couple of years ago, uh, where we're selling aviation and aircraft parts worldwide. Uh, so that's been a, a growing business for us as well. Down in Arizona, we have 12 large format uh, locations. They're anywhere from three to five acres. Uh, they do have a convenience store on the property. Uh, but it's a large car wash. Uh, there's a tunnel wash and also hand wash. Uh, but we do have ancillary auto services available. Uh, we do glass alignment, express lube, things like that. Um, in the in the pictures, you can see um, some some idea, get an idea of some of the properties. And that one down on the lower right is one of the waiting areas uh, where we have convenience products. I want to talk a little bit about capital distributing. That's been in business about 40 years uh, as of this past March. Um, we, in 2019, we outgrew our facility and we built a brand new uh, location about 20 miles uh, west of Boise. It was 250,000 square feet on 53 acres. So we had plenty of opportunity to grow it if needed. Uh, originally we had a five-year plan where we said, you know, this will get us through the next five years and then we can uh, add on to the facility. Um, Shortly after we moved in, about two years later, uh, we outgrew it. And so uh, we've already added another 67,000 square feet, which uh, opened this past March. Uh, Capital has about 800 customers that we supply. So with Jackson Energy and Capital Distributing, you know, we've got the fuel and the grocery. And so we're, we're distributing to our own sites. And so anytime Jackson's grows, both of those companies grow as well. But as I mentioned earlier, in addition, they have a number of independent customers that we serve. And I'll, I'll touch on the independence a little bit later and, and how we interact with them. But it could just be the mom and pop shop uh, down the street or um, you know, a single site operator. And so we might distribute, uh, bring their grocery products to them as well as their uh, fuel. Um, and then I'd like to also add that in Capital, we built a kitchen and bakery. We basically have a food plant out at the new distribution center. And that's where we make our own food products such as breakfast burritos, um, sandwiches, things like that. And you'll see some pictures uh, coming up of that. But um, that allows us to supply our own sites um, with our own private label products. Um, and that's been going really well for us as well. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about Jackson Bevco. So about two years ago, uh, we purchased the uh, fifth largest tobacco chain in the country, and that was called Tobacco Connection. They actually have three brands, uh, Big Smoke and Bad Habits is, is their other one. Um, 
they had a distribution warehouse, but we've subsequently integrated that into capital distributing. Uh, they primarily supply uh, tobacco and alcohol. Um, and uh, there's no fuel. It's uh, much smaller locations. Uh, they do have drive-throughs. And so interestingly, a lot of business goes through the drive-through. So at one location, I was told it's about 80% drive-through business in the location. Uh, they do have a very loyal customer base. Um, and they, you know, I've, I've spent some time in there just kind of observing and those folks really get to know the customers. They, you know, those customers come in every day um, and they get to know, the staff gets to know the customers and they have a great relationship with them. And so having this um, additional business kind of gives us uh, a different customer base, if you will, because it's not the same customer that traditionally um, goes to a Jackson's and they have other products that Jackson's doesn't carry. As an example, most of the stores have a humidor and so they sell a lot of cigars in the stores and we just don't have that at, at Jackson's. And so I'd also um, like to talk a little bit about, um, we do have two joint ventures. Um, one is with Shell and that's, uh, it, it's called PacWest Energies and it's out in the, in the West Coast. And so um, we just, uh, Shell had some retailers that were getting out of the business. We went in with them. Um, like Shell does with a number of other retailers across the country. I believe they have 12, 15 or so JVs. And so we have a JV with them. It has about a hundred stores in it. And then our other one is uh, Extra Mile. You may have heard of that brand. That's primarily with Chevron. Um, and so Chevron, it's it's their higher end uh, sites. And so there's, there's an example of one there. That's a Jackson's um, that we've made Extra Mile. So Extra Mile is a franchise operation. And so we went in with Chevron and we're 50-50 owners of the Extra Mile brand. We do all the IT for them. We do the accounting, uh, finance, HR, things like that. And we help them grow the brand. And, and when we started, it was about 750 sites. And now I believe uh, it's up to about 1,100. This has been over the last five years or so. And so that's really been growing and um a lot of great things going on there. You're starting to see that move uh, across the, the country. Uh, they were only in three sites when we started with them, and now I think they're in seven or eight sites. And so we've uh, recently opened some sites down in uh, Alabama and uh, uh, Mississippi. And so uh, one other um, company that I wanted to talk about that's part of uh, Jackson's family is part of Capital Distributing, and that's a com software company called uh, supply logistics solutions. And that's the warehouse management system that we use out at Capital. And that was uh, originally part of McLean. And so we, we bought that from uh, Drayton McLean and we went in with a couple of other uh, suppliers across the country. And so we're part owners of this software company. They're based in Temple, Texas, uh, near uh, McLean, their headquarters. And um, we're the managing partner of that. And so we handle all the IT and uh, that's a great group of people and, and we're uh, happy to have that so we can modify the, uh, the warehouse management system uh, for our needs. And so that, that works out really well. And then here you're just seeing some, some photos of some of our different stores. Um, a number of them were acquired, uh, but like I said, we've, we've done a lot of NTIs uh, as well. Well, Robert, that's really fascinating. And it shows that, uh, uh, 
Jackson's is not just a convenience store company. I mean, you you guys are doing a lot of things uh, all over the western part of the United States. So it's very impressive. Congratulations. Thank you, Roy. Yes, an incredibly diverse portfolio of things to keep up with. <laughs> it keeps you busy, I imagine. For sure. So, Robert, if, I know you've talked a little bit about um, what Jackson's has been doing. And how are you let's kind of jump into the technology part of it. How are you using the technology on the distribution logistics? I know you said you're, you're running a lot of the IT for other people. Is it, is it programs that you're developing yourself or are you using other package software and working on the distribution side? Yeah, the good question, Roy. Um, you know, where possible, we do try to buy off the shelf um, and specific to the distribution center. You know, you asked about that. I did mention um, SLS, Supply Logistics Solutions. So um, <clears throat> if you will, that's it's kind of off the shelf, but you know, since we're part owner in the company, we have the ability to customize it. Um, but we partnered uh, them with other people uh, off the shelf software in the industry, such as ProCAT. And many of you might've heard of ProCAT. They do load right, ship right, tax right, things like that, a lot for distribution centers. And so, we've been able to take the SLS software, integrate it with um, ProCAT and modify it to suit our needs. And then part of, you know, you asked about is, are we doing some custom work? And the answer is yes. You know, when we uh, built the new distribution center, we realized that we needed to track um, a lot of different, and there, there's a picture of it right there. Uh, we needed to track a lot of metrics um, and statistics so that we could you know, incentivize uh, the pickers who are in the warehouse picking the product. And so we put, I think the number's close to 60 uh, TVs. And, and there's there's a picture of the, the food plant, food production. Um, but we've customized and built in-house what we call, it's a DOID basically, and it's a data display. And it shows things like pick rate per hour. And it incentivizes the pickers because it shows who's picking the fastest, you know, pieces per hour. Um, it shows, uh, you know, when you're loading the, the trucks, it shows how many totes are going in the truck. So you can get an idea of how close you are to being done, um, you know, where the truck's going, things like that. And, and like receiving. So in the receiving area, there's a, there's a TV and it shows um, all of the expected trucks to come in and what products are coming in and things like that. And so having all this information all over the facility, um, you know, it's been really helpful. Like I said, it incentivizes to the workers, you know, they get bonus uh, off of uh, certain metrics. And so um, that's all stuff we did in house. Uh, we wrote all that and um, integrated it to ProCAT and the SLS software. So Robert, I mean, with all these, you could go in very great specific on everything, whether it's distribution or store. Um, and I wanted to ask a little bit, I guess focusing initially on the retail side, um, if if that works, and then mm -hmm. um, branching out a little bit further to keep up, you know, obviously you need to keep the lights on with technology. Those those are the basic ones. Make sure things you know work. But beyond that, there's a lot of new innovations coming out. And um, you know, without sharing all your secrets, what are some of the the big innovative projects that you've been you've been focusing in a little bit on either now or in the near future? Well, sure, you know. Um... With innovation, you know, we try to focus it in, in really three places. Like, is there something that can increase revenue? Can it increase EBITDA? 
and it can increase productivity. And when I say productivity, I, I mean that for both um, our store employees, but also for the customers. Um, you know, as we all know, uh, the folks watching this video, we're, we're in the convenience industry, and so we're we're selling um, convenience, right? And so, how can we make the customer more productive? Um, and so, we we found, uh, like with innovation, sometimes you know, innovation doesn't necessarily have to involve IT. And, and I'll give you an example of that of, you know, how can I make, you know, I, I sit in and listen to uh, the regional managers and operations folks and I'm listening to pick up on things that are problem areas for them. And, you know, one of the things we do with our sites is focus on cleanliness of the store, right? And so, you know, we know that people, you know, go and clean the floors and having a clean floor and a clean environment makes people want to buy uh, fresh food products. So uh, hearing that, you know, gosh, we spent a lot of time cleaning. Well, I, I happen to run across a product that's an automated floor scrubber. Um, and, it, you know, you've set it up and it can scrub the floors four times a day, um, you know, every, every day of the month, right? And so it's a subscription-based product. It's kind of cool. And that frees up, that makes our store employees more productive because they don't have to focus on cleaning the floor the floor is getting cleaned and, and you know, they're not worried about it. Um, and so that, that's an idea, an innovation idea that really has nothing to do with IT. I mean, the product itself doesn't even talk to a wireless. It just goes straight out to the internet. It's got a, you know, MiFi card or a wireless card in it. So um, that that's kind of an example of, of how we're looking at innovation. And it doesn't necessarily have to be some elaborate um, IT project. Um, here, here's a device that's standalone. Just turn it loose and let it clean the floors and, and make everyone around it more productive. So, Robert, that's re that's really interesting. And and uh, I've heard of floor scrubbers in larger locations like WalMarts or supermarkets, mm -hmm. but it, it, you're you're finding it economical at the convenience store side uh, size type program. I I take it. And do you feel like it helps with your slip and fall? incidences and keeping the floors clean? Yeah, so we we have not, that's, that, that's an example of something that I found. We have not tried it yet, but uh, according to the company, it, it does because, you know, it picks up debris um, and, you know, it, it keeps the floor clean and, and, and like spills, as you mentioned, it can clean those up. Um, so certainly, and, and if something happens, if there is a spill, uh, the employee can go and, and start the device and they can go scrub that area right away okay. with, with some manual intervention. So um, that is a, a selling point of the product. Yeah. But just to be clear, we haven't started it yet. I have seen it live um, in some other convenience brands, though. Very cool. Thanks. And I know you said um, one last question on that end, but um, I think in a, in a previous when we, you and I first met a little or started talking a couple of weeks ago, you told us about um, that you go out and visit the stores. It sounds like just one of the things I want to compliment you on is is listening. You sounds like you you really get out there, and and I think you were just coming back from a store visit or a multi site visit, and also just listening to see what works and just kind of common sense almost. It sounds like decisions to innovate, just things that make processes work smoother or just lives easier. Whether it is technology or you know floor scrubbers, I think that's cool. Yeah, you know, I found um, you can learn a lot just by, you know, going to the sites and just, you know, obviously identify myself and, you know, I can just kind of talk and just, 
chat up with with the workers and just see, hey, what's on your mind? What's going on? What what problems are you having? What's working well for you? And then just kind of going into the background and just observing and man, you you, you can learn a lot that way. Um, and then, you know, I will add, it's interesting, you know, I spent a lot of time, I, I think many of you here in the States probably know John Jackson. He's, he's uh, the founder um, and his son, Corey, who's the president of Jackson Food Stores. But when I go around with them, you know, we get out of the car, we start walking towards the site. John and Corey are picking up trash, you know, in the, in the parking lot, just, you know, trying to keep the site clean. We go inside, walking around, talking to people. We're always, he's always facing product, right? You know, see something and go and fix it. Uh, or pull something forward. And so that rubs off. And I find myself doing that. Like I, I've been visiting a number of sites like, lately and go in and just walking around. I'm fixing product and pulling stuff forward and picking up trash in the parking lot. And so, you know, it's 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 really good example of of leading by example, right? And and you know, we're all we're all in this together, whether you know the technology person or finance person or whomever, um, we still can impact the science. Well, and I think that's a really good example of, from a technology technology point of view, of coming up with technology to fix specific problems that you've discovered from being involved in the business, as opposed to having technology for technology's sake, where you've exactly. developed a program, but there's not made you're you've got a solution and you're now you're looking for a problem. You're you're approaching it from the point of view of being involved with the stores and and pushing it forward, uh, because you know what the problem is. And and I think that, you know, a lot of that also comes out from being able to analyze the data and the information that you get from the stores, which uh, leads to coming up with progressive and positive solutions. Yeah, data is data's huge for us. Um, you know, we built a data team and, um, you know, as, as, as you guys all know, we're, we're get millions of, of transactions. And so there's so much information that you can do with that, with that data. And there's so many action points to it. Um, it's, it's really fascinating. And, and so our data team, you know, focuses on that and sees, you know, how we can impact the business with it. Robert, uh, thanks for the overview and all that. And, and you, as you just mentioned, and Dave mentioned a few minutes ago, I mean, one of the key things about technology is helping employee productivity, employee efficiency at, at the store level. And I think uh, I'm right in that you guys have been trying to do some self-checkout at, uh, at your stores. How's, how is that going and what's been your experience with that? Yeah, self-checkout for us, uh, we've had it 18 months or so. Uh, been using the um, products from Verifone. Um, and here's an example you see right there in the center. We've got two self-checkout units, uh, C18s from Verifone. Uh, it works really well. And... Uh, this is an earlier picture, but we've changed the sign where it says self-checkout. We have it now where it's um, age-restricted items is okay. So we're taking the alcohol transactions and the cigarette tobacco transactions through self-checkout, uh, and that's going really well. Uh, there's a closer picture of the, the bagging area. That's the C18. And then there you can see that other sign on the right. Uh, that's, that's one of the newer signs. That particular site has uh, three uh, self-checkouts. And what we do is we kind of sandwich them in between uh, the regular registers. We make it a destination. And uh, we're seeing anywhere from 30 to 40% of our transactions go through the self-checkout. And Roy, to your point about what I said earlier, um, it makes the cashiers more productive. It makes the 
um, customers more productive, as I alluded to, because you know if there's a line at the regular um, checkout, they can just get, simply go to the self-checkout and get in and out, especially if you, you walk in, you know, it's a busy time, you just want a bottle of water, you can walk up, scan and leave. You can do your loyalty as well if you need um, and out the door you go. Um, and, you know, of course, like with most retailers doing self-checkout, you, you have the folks who are like, well, I don't want to see, you know, my favorite cashier, you know, lose their job, what have you. Um, it hasn't been like that because we, we put in the, our, our signs in the window, like help wanted, like we're, we're still, we're putting in self-checkout, but we're still looking for people because, you know, there's so many other things that they can do uh, that help the customer, you know, ensuring everything's stocked, um, you, you know, things like that. And so helping people find things. So uh, Roy, I, I think it's been a, a big success for us. Uh, it's going really well. Um, and uh, we're really pleased with it. Um, for t- for this sake, this has been enlightening. And thank you so much, Robert, for telling us about uh, Jackson's, introducing us there. I, I haven't had a chance to visit, but I'd love to get out west one of these days. So I'll give you a, a shout if I if I do get there. Well, thank you again, uh, gentlemen, for being with me today. And uh, thank you so much for joining us today on Shop Talk Live. Thank you for listening to Shop Talk Live, the podcast. This episode was produced by Dan Munford and Nick Scherzer with support from Jenna Ferguson and Lorraine Evans. It was produced, edited, and mixed by Carolyn Schneer, and music was provided by Wolfgang Worley. Tune in every other week for new episodes, and please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and learn more at globalconvenienceStorefocus.co.uk.